everybody. This is Josh. Welcome to the Mayfair Theater Podcast. Uh, this week, I'm joined by two friends from the Absent Friend Shadowcast. Introduce yourself, guys. Uh, I'm Sam Kellerman. I play Dr. Frankenfurter in Rocky Horror. And I'm Mark McDonald. I play our Rocky. And you guys have been doing Absent Friends for, man, for how long six now? Six years Six now. years. A little over six years, yeah. It's funny, because we always chat about one of the films talking about this week. Uh, so this is, we're going to be chatting about movies from Friday, February 10th through Thursday, February 16th. One of those movies on our agenda this week is the 90th monthly screening of The Room. Kind of lose track about how many screenings of Rocky Horror we've had, because especially when you consider the extra ones at Halloween for five or six years straight now. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It adds up. Yeah. It absolutely adds up. I On top of when you guys used to screen it out in Orleans as well. So yeah. there's quite a few doubles. Like, I think I 13 finished... or 14 months of two shows per month. Yeah. And I think on Halloween it was like my 120th. That's crazy. Show. So yeah, it's been going on for a while. When you did it in both theaters, was it all the same... How, like, I never saw it in Orleans. Orleans was like this alternate universe for the Mayfair where... <laughs> I remember when Lee was starting it, I, I said to him, like, like I'll, I'll support it any way I can and, and, and think it's great. And I know you want to... Lee's really... He's from Orleans, so he wanted to kind of bring something cool to Orleans. And often when you try to bring something cool to suburbia, it stomps you to the ground. <laughs> How sad. But true, yes. Um, so, I, but I said, like, I've... To be honest, as a Ottawa resident, as a downtown Ottawa resident... I've been to New York City more times in the past 10 years than I've been to Orleans. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and, but when, when he had that underway, like, yeah, he was getting, he was screening the room out there as well, and Rocky Horror, and did you guys have a good turnout for those ones out there? Yeah, we really did, and our Orleans crowds were actually really enthusiastic about it. Considerably, um, yeah. considerably younger than our usual crowd, I think. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely, but they we had like at least two rows of faithful regulars that were there without fail. Yeah, yeah it was it was it was nice. It was yeah, not the Mayfair on Bank Street, but nonetheless, no. absolutely a lot of fun. And now, for for better or for worse, the Room and Rocky Horror are kind of hand in hand <laughs> of of the the two Mayfair Midnight movies. Absolutely, they're both very different beasts. The Room is a lot younger. Uh, 2003, and the room is more like the performers from Rocky Horror. You, you know, Tim Curry, Meatloaf, Susan Sarandon, they all kind of went on to have careers. Whereas the room, it kind of everyone halted with the room. <laughs> like, like everybody, that is their movie. That is, and even Tommy Wiseau. I always like you look at like Ed Wood. He did. He did he went a, on to make ton a ton of movies. Absolutely. Tommy Wiseau has directed one feature film since 2003, The Room. And I think he's making a living off of it, and he tours well, isn't with he it. Coming out with a new one. There's a new one that he's in with Greg Sestero, yeah. just as an actor. Oh, okay. And I forget what it's called, but the the trailer's out there, and we we chatted about it online at the Mayfair a little bit, and everyone's like, "When are you getting it?" And we're like, "Well, it's not done yet, but we're friends with Greg Sestero, and so I'm sure we'll we'll get it." And it it's it looks like a pseudo behind the scenes story of how Greg and Tommy met, but it's Greg and Tommy starring in the movie about a guy going to Hollywood and meeting a crazy guy. I think that's what well, the movie is. Well, that'll work out yeah. just fine. <laughs> if you're a fan of, of B-movies, the trailer's amazing. Uh, but I don't know at what point they're at now. I think they're still working, working on, on it. it. Yeah. But he's never done, like, The Room Part 2. He's never... He's done a little bit of, like, short things and, you know... But would The Room 2 really... 
be necessary. I mean, no, it's no. well because there is. Is it a sequel to Rocky Horror? There is a sequel. There is a to sequel. Rock. Well, unofficial sequel. Well, I wouldn't call it, call it necessarily a sequel, but it's uh, the same characters, same actors called Shock Treatment. Uh, yeah, which is a forgotten movie nowadays. Which I've I, never seen it. Yeah, it's a crazy movie. I've never seen all of it. It's. The music is amazing. The Everybody's story. in it? Uh, so Richard no. O'Brien, Little Nell, Patricia Quinn, Charles Gray. Yeah. And a few other actors uh, show up in it. But Susan Sarandon, Tim Curry, and Meatloaf are not. They're all, they all They're, had other things to do. They had other things to do, absolutely. I wonder if that's like out there. I wonder if somebody owns that, if, if it's Fox who owns it. It's Fox, it. yeah. It? it was recently, well, recently, a couple of years back, released on DVD for the first time. It had a little run on VHS. Yeah. Uh, it didn't have uh, much of a distribution either when it came out. But it's, um, to all Rocky fans, it's an obvious thing that's out there that exists. Yeah. Uh, and the soundtrack is really, really quite something out of everything in it. It's. I wonder if when it came out, did people try to Rocky Horror? They did, it? and there did is yeah. there is a participation script to it. There are props to throw at the screen. I wow. think ping pong balls are yeah. one of the things, which would be a little terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I think what harmed it is it was only distributed to places who were screening it at midnight specifically. Yeah, and Rocky Horror started off as kind of a normal run movie. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think shock treatment got too much uh, exposure. Yeah, but like yeah. I, most people don't even know it exists. Even like some of your hardcore Rocky horror fans probably which, don't know it's out no, there. Like, no, which is kind of sad, but kind of not at the same time. It's, I it's, mean, yeah, movies like that, it's always on the fence of like you want to see it, but you're like, like I'm like, I wonder if it would work if if it's available, if we screened it, if it would work, or it's it's sometimes like it's hard to make a cult movie. Yes. Like, like we screened Sharknado a couple years ago, and we screened it at the exact perfect time, and it was a great fun night, and it was packed house. And then we screened it like a month later, and like twenty people showed up, and it was done. Dead. And and so it's it's so hard to to make that. You can't make you can't a cult. Make it. No. Like no, no. Its audience really needs to uh, claim it their, as their own. You know, like yeah. it's not something that can be uh, pushed out and distributed. Uh, I, I think it would make an interesting. Uh, double feature with Rocky, maybe yeah. once or twice, but I think more of a... It wouldn't, I think, attract the same crowd. Yeah. Either. And there was some type of a strike going on at the time when they were making Shock oh. Treatment. So the story itself was modified tremendously, and the entirety of the movie takes place in a TV studio, which kind yeah. of alienates, I guess, the characters from the original storyline. Yeah. But nonetheless, it's... Crazy fun flick. Yeah, I'd be curious. I'm going to see it sooner or later just to see it. Just oh, absolutely. We'll have to sit down and watch it. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I don't think I could make it through both of them if you did them back to back. Yeah. We had people who fall asleep as it is at Rocky. <laughs> and to play shock treatment right after would just be like... Well, you probably saw it like at home or something, right? Like at like yeah, on VHS or something? With a group of miscreants and we didn't make it to the end, I yeah. believe. Well, I always imagined like... Like, they still do... I remember years ago, when I was younger, Much Music made a big thing about they were playing Rocky Horror for the first time at, like, Halloween. And I was just like, is, like I, if you have a big party and maybe there's, like, 20 or 30 people there and they're singing along, but it's not the kind of thing you can you can just watch. No, like, it's you need to be in a cinema yeah. at midnight with a group of people for it to really um, shine through. Yeah, you know? well, but, 
the uh, the the room. Uh, a friend of mine is a giant fan of the room, and uh, when Tommy visited, I got to grab her and introduce her to Tommy, and he autographed like a DVD for her and stuff. So cut to months later, and she's at work, and her dad is visiting her, and her dad is like, "Oh, I'll watch a movie while Roxy's at work." And he sees the room. So he pops in the room. So without any warning, without any idea of what it is, he proceeds to watch the room. In its entirety? In its entirety. Oh, my he, God. He did the whole thing. <laughs> and then Roxy comes home, and he's like, "What? why do you own this movie? <laughs> and she had to explain that it's a cult film, and you're supposed to throw things and watch it with the crowd, but... You just watch something that blind, and you're like, why would someone own this? Why would it be a thing? Like, It's true, but I mean, once again, I think watching Rocky Horror in a quiet room would still be a little more Rocky doable. Rocky has the music, at least. It, it does, and it visually looks a little crazy. And it's, it's theoretically well made, you know? There's yeah. no, like, terrible blue screen happening. And it does have, a, uh, as insane the story is, there's kind of a beginning, middle, and end to it. A little. Kinda. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. You know who the bad guy is? You know who the good guy is? Well, who, Even if really they switch the partway through the show. Do we know who the bad guy is? Well, it's not Brad. <laughs> well, I guess that's true. Uh, but fair enough, yeah. But, I mean, the room is bad for the sake of being bad. You know? Yeah, and that's yeah. why you can't... I remember uh, it was very fun, but, again, years ago, this might have been, like, 2010 or something... We screened a documentary called, I think it was called The Best Worst Movie, and it's about the making of a movie called Troll 2. Yes. And one of the actors came, and the actor who is now a dentist, who he's completely left it behind, but he had the best, because, you know, it could be kind of weird being like, I love you because you're horrible. But he knew exactly what he did. He knew it was a bad movie. He was taking pictures with people, having lots of fun. And watching that documentary back-to-back with the movie is perfect because you see all the insanity. And he said that because there was such buzz and they made a bunch of money off this documentary and DVD sales, they were talking about doing Troll 3. And I was talking about it and I was like, but it, it can't work, right? Because when you guys made Troll 2, you thought you were making a movie. A good movie, yes. You guys all make Troll 3 now, you're purposefully trying to make a bad movie. And that doesn't work. It wouldn't work, no. No, the spirit of... Of a B movie is you can't force it once yeah. again. Much like a cult movie, like if you try to make a bad movie, it's doesn't work. Yeah, and it's been so few and far in between, right? Like it's like Rocky Horror in the Room. There, there have been successes on a smaller scale. Like there are four Sharknado movies now, but yeah. like two through four are all straight to TV, and I don't think they really have that participation thing no. going. So there are bad movies out there, but it's been like it's- two in forty years that have garnered. A lot, yeah. People throwing things? I think there's also some type of uh, participation cult happening with Plan 9 from Outer Space. Yeah, maybe. You guys screened it a couple months, if not like a couple of years ago, my God. Yeah. And I was really surprised to hear people shouting at the screen. I had never really heard of a script uh, for the audience to go along with yeah. Plan 9, but it just blew me out of the water. It was pretty good. Well, I, I made sure way. to go to the first night of a movie called Fateful Findings. Uh, which was a very fun, bad movie. Because I kind of wanted to be there on the ground floor because I was like, this might be our next monthly thing. thing. And again, we showed it a couple times and kind of petered out. But that first night, again, there there was people screaming at the screen... And then there was this ongoing thing where, for no reason, the director would start on a close-up of shoes. So instead of, like, three people having a conversation, he'd start on the shoes instead of starting on the faces. So I'm sitting there, and my brain goes, don't start throwing shoes. And then people started throwing shoes, 
but they were savvy enough to kind of do it like lightly in the aisle and not like throw it at the screen. Straight up at the screen, my god. Yeah, That's but but it, nice. I, I witnessed kind of the birth of a of a movement. Yeah, interesting. And but it didn't catch. Like we tried to play it um, a month or two later, and it did okay. And we might have tried to play it a third time, and then that was it. Huh. So sometimes people are, are lovely. You know, I always say like our, our our nerd patrons, of which I am one. But they might get mad, like, why don't you play as many horror films at midnight? Why don't you play as many of this? And it's like, it's simple business, you know? Like, people keep showing up to Rocky Horror in the room. If we had three months in a row where four people showed up to Rocky, both you guys and us might be like, well, maybe we should take a break from this. Obviously. But they keep coming. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think also uh, Rocky and the room on some level resonates with society as... uh, (laughs) that's what happens. <laughs> but it's, a, it's it's very true. I mean, there are topics that people are still very um, interested in. I mean, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Who can say no, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Mark, how did you jump into the Shadowcast? Are you first generation? Uh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, one of only a couple left. Uh, I was asked in a green room, uh, mid-costume change one day, if I would be in the show. Uh, I said yes and didn't really, didn't think twice about it. And then a hundred shows later, here we are. That's insane. That's, that's <laughs> a lot is. of shows. It is. And he wasn't really aware of what he was accepting to be part of. Also true. Yes. One of my favorite Mayfair moments of all time, long story short, but my, my artist on Zonkey's issue one was from Brazil. And she had a, a friend from Brazil visiting. And a very intelligent young woman but very interesting to see, like, pop culture. Like, people say it's a small world. It's not. It's a big world. <laughs> oh, yes, because she was here, and the first interesting thing she did was she stood on our balcony and looked at a black squirrel like it was a Sasquatch. Like, <laughs> like and she had a real camera. And she was like, she was like, are these just around everywhere? And we're like, yeah. And she, it blew her mind in the same way that if I was somewhere that had monkeys or something. So then we, it was Halloween, and uh, we're like, okay, well, let's, let's go to Rocky Horror. Not only did she not know the phenomenon, she didn't know the movie. Never heard of it. <laughs> so we were very careful to bring her in and try to have her not know what the hell was going on. So then, you know, she saw some people in drag, she saw some people in costume. And then the movie starts up. And right before, I happened to tell Mark that we had not only a, a virgin per se, but like an alien virgin who, who didn't know what was going on. So he, in one of the parts where he was running around... With Sam in hot pursuit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> jumped on her lap and I think gave her like a hug and a kiss or something and then kept running and then she was savvy enough to know that this was like not normal at movies I hope so so then when the credits rolled I leaned over to her and I was like in Canada we do this at all the movies like (laughs) if it's a Woody Allen movie or the Avengers we just have people in costume running around through it excellent how did she what did she think of it she loved it she loved it but imagine going into Rocky Horror where Never hearing of the film as, like, a 25-year-old. Yes. Never seeing a photo of Tim Curry. From it, yeah. And not knowing that on top of that, you guys were there doing the live Our, performance. Yeah. It's actually a somewhat of a common thing. Like, every couple of months we'll have people that have no idea what they're getting into or being yeah. dragged in by uh, friends who are fans of it. And it's r- always so interesting to uh, see the reaction to it and how they... I always like hearing what they have to say about it as a first-time uh, yeah. 
Because I wish I could remember what I thought of it the first time I saw it. But it's, yeah, uh, very interesting to see people's reactions to... uh... Yeah, every once in a while I'll overhear, when you're a grown-up, you forget you're a grown-up. But I'll see somebody who I associate as a grown-up looking at the poster and being like, oh, I haven't seen that in 20 years. And then I or somebody on the candy bar will go like, oh, well, do you know we have this thing called a shadow cast that goes with it? And they're like, what? And it blows their mind. (laughs) And... Because a movie like that, and, and it, I think I mentioned it before, but, you know, it's it's over 40 years old. Yes. Which means if you saw that when you were 15, now you're 55. Oh, yeah. And you might have kids or maybe even grandkids. grandkids. And so I, I've seen at least a few times, like, a mom coming with, like, a 14-year-old girl. We got oh, all yeah. the parents. So this it's a weird, like, it's an generational thing. Dynamic as well. Well, just a couple months ago, we had an elderly couple who were quite uh quite on in their lives that's amazing and stayed through the entire thing loved every moment of it it was it yeah like as as performers in it knowing what's coming up like we don't well how should i say this we don't really know what their reaction to such a thing is but they obviously had seen it before and they obviously were aware of what was going on way before we were even yeah a thought but, and it's so fun to see that generational mix come together. It's amazing, yeah. Yes. And, and it's like, stuff now doesn't go away. Like, it used to be that, that, that TV shows ended, mm. uh, uh, toy lines ended, comic books ended. Nothing goes away anymore. So, like, when I was a little kid, there was a Transformers animated movie in theaters. And now, as a grown-up, there's the horrible Michael Bay movies in theaters. And, you know, <laughs> Spider-Man was a comic when I was a kid, and Spider-Man's still a comic. Star Wars was in the 70s, and there's Star it's Wars now. still happening. So you have parents now either bringing or dragging their kids <laughs> to the stuff that they like and going, come and look at the stuff I think is cool. Yeah. And I always imagine some, like, kid, like, rebelling of, like, I don't want to go to Rocky Horror, <laughs> you know? It would be a thing. It's also sometimes funny to see the contrary happen where a kid has discovered Rocky Horror and their parents have no idea what it is and for their parents then to come and see it it's it's really interesting at times yeah and so this month it's just missing a Valentine's screening but you're kind of a abiding by the Valentine's week Valentine's month screening absolutely so uh this month to celebrate I guess Valentine's Day we are doing a couple switch-up show, so all of the Rocky Horror couples are playing their counterparts. So Brad uh, will be playing Jen, and Janet will be playing Brad. Uh, Frank will be playing Rocky, and Rocky will be playing Frank, Riff Raff and Magenta, and so on and so forth. Um, and we generally try to have one show a year where we play different characters, just yeah. to have fun with ourselves and with the audience. Uh, it's always a hot mess, which we adore. Absolutely. So, Mark, what happens when you walk in? Is it you guys go to our little not-quite-backstage-backstage and, like, pick names out of a hat? Uh, That's what happened last year. Yeah, that's almost exactly what happened (laughs) last year. Uh, Right before the show, in front of the audience, actually, we drew our character out of a hat and then ran away with a pile of costumes and tried did our best with what we had. Who did you play? Uh, I got Janet. Of course you got Janet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But at 100 shows in, are you all kind of semi-comfortable enough in, like, understudy roles for each other? To varying degrees for each of us, I'm yeah. sure. Uh, I wouldn't hesitate before filling in for another role, I don't think. I think yeah. it really depends. I mean, we have some, like, Mark and I, who have been doing this on a monthly basis for the past six years, Yeah, uh, I would probably be 
really down and able to play any characters, but we also have newbies. I mean, we're a cast of 12 or 13 people now, so there are some people that are a little newer to this. Yeah. Which, and they are the the most fun to watch take on other characters, absolutely. A lot of fun. You guys have never, like, have you guys ever taken it on the road? Have you guys ever performed? We've never performed the entirety of the movie uh, in other venues. We've done little, uh, like, excerpts, musical numbers from it uh, now and then at various burlesque shows. We just finished a run of doing a Sweet Transvestite at Sexapalooza. Right. uh, Which I think went over very well. Fairly well received, yeah. Big big crowd? What were you performing in front of, Blake? I have no idea. How many people Uh, would you say? 150. Yeah. Yeah. Probably gathered around. A few people also, like, exploring the exhibits around Sexapalooza. Right. In plain sight of the screen, or stage, rather. Yeah. And we got to mingle around with people as well. There was some mingling. I was actually recognized for my oh, yeah. uh, contribution, which is not, I don't get recognized very often yeah. uh, in comparison to the rest of the cast. Right. Uh, so it was kind of, uh, I don't know, it was a nice new excitement for me. Yeah. It is, yeah, it's always nice that the, uh, the, the Mayfair fame, the, the, the Big Fish Small Pond Mayfair fame. Absolutely. And it's, it's actually quite a thing. Like, oh we'll, yeah. Well, I'd say, I, like, I for sure get spotted out now and then, which is always kind of sad when I'm out <laughs> of my heels and no lipstick on and Bam, Frankenfurter. Yeah. Uh, and other uh, of our cast members also get spotted, which is really, really fun. Ottawa's a really interesting little community. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, despite the internet being a horrible place a lot of the times, what I like about the internet, and I kind of do a bunch of the the uh, share social media duties with some of the other Mayfair folks, but is when a cool filmmaker or just like a, a movie geek in Vancouver or down in the States or somewhere will comment on how they missed the Mayfair or they saw Rocky at the Mayfair when they were in school here and now they live somewhere else. And that's amazing to me that just that little nice little compliment you get from somebody. That's why I was bugging you a while back or or bugging Mark maybe even saying like, you guys need a better uh, Twitter social media person. Oh God, absolutely. (laughs) Because I went on and I think it was like January 2015 was your last update or something like that. Oh my God, absolutely. (laughs) But I mean, although it would be nice for us to have a little more of a online presence, I we do pretty good. Your Facebook like, and stuff like that. Our face, well, our Facebook isn't. We're we're kind of on the ball with our Facebook. It's really interesting that even though we're not, we don't have much of an internet presence, that it's still we're a popular thing. People physically come out to to oh, see yeah. us, and it's kind of cool that we're a underground type of event. You need to kind of know about it to. Uh, check yeah. it out and I think that adds a little to the the mystique and the danger of it all oh yeah and like every once a month when I put the blurb on Facebook or Twitter there's people excited about it or oh, saying they're coming back again or tagging their friends mm-hmm. so it's it's and it is like, it, like the, the harsh reality is if if it flopped three or four months in a row we'd be like ah, I don't think we can do this anymore but it keeps going it keeps, <laughs> it keeps going. on going I like the social media stuff after all our shows oh yeah if you spend a few minutes on Instagram looking at for the right uh, hashtags yeah uh, you can usually find one or two pictures either of us from the audience or of an audience member who came up and requested a picture with us. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. it's cool finding those because they don't—they have no way of following us or getting in touch with us. Yeah, but they're sharing it with their friends. Oh and yeah, we can go and just stumble upon it and say, like, "Oh, look, this person we've never met before took a really nice picture of us." Yeah, we should take it. Yeah, <laughs> take this picture for us. I'm sure we can find some pretty terrifying stuff out there. 
Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Well, now that everybody has a high-end digital camera in their pocket at <laughs> mm-hmm. all times and mm-hmm. takes 500 photos every day. <laughs> Absolutely. Horrifying. And, well, those gold shorts look good, Mark. That's... <laughs> They look gold anyway. <laughs> They're gold. So that is that's coming up. That's Saturday, February eighteenth at the late late time slot. So we don't quite know, but it's always eleven ish o'clock somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so let's just. I'm going to jump in and just kind of plug the movies we have this week because, as often happens when we have some guests in, we just get off topic and just <laughs> chat for half an hour and then go. Oh wait, we're supposed to tell people what movies we have. So I'll just quickly do that. So feel free to jump in, guys. If any of these movies are ones you've either seen or know something about. So we have three Oscar movies coming up. Uh, Fences, which is with Denzel Washington, based on a stage play. 20th Century Women, which is nominated for Best Original Script, or maybe Adapted Script, but nominated for Best Script. And Moonlight, which we had before, which is uh, up for a whole bunch of awards. It's an amazing movie that follows a young man in Miami. They don't really say the date, I think, but it's like the 80s. And we see him as like a 10-year-old, a 15-year-old, and like a 25-year-old. And we see him go from like like a nice little kid to a troubled teen, a gangster essentially. And it's him, it's almost like three short films dealing with his coming of age and sexuality. And all three actors are amazing. Interesting. And really good movie. And so I'm glad we got to get that back. We'll have to check it out. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. Moonlight, yeah. And there's a cool poster where it's it's uh, a guy's face cut into three with a little like kind of triangle cut, and it's like the ten, fifteen, and adult version. Interesting. Really good movie. Cool. So that's our three Oscar movies we have this week. Uh, then we have a packed week because we have a bunch of smaller films playing for a couple days or for one day. They call us Monsters, which is a documentary about kids in the Californian jail system. It's uh, a really tough documentary about. Kids who have done bad things, do they deserve help or do they deserve to be locked away? Uh, But it's supposed to be a very... You really get to know these kids who are in trouble and what they've done. You kind of feel for them. And it's it's supposed to be a very interesting documentary. Uh, And that's the Ottawa premiere. We got the Ottawa premiere of that. In honor of Valentine's Day, we have a really cool-looking movie called The Love Witch. Which looks fantastic. When you watch it, watch its trailer, you think is an old movie. I was sure it was was from the 60s. Even the poster just... Yeah. Yeah. So we have that just for two nights. So we have a, a late, late show on Friday night on the 10th and then on Valentine's Day at like 9 or 9.15. And it's um, it looks like a... I, th- I think it's like a very R-rated film about a young witch who's making love potions to seduce people and then she meets the man of her dreams and it it's kind of like a... It's it's uh, like a sexy murder 1960s, almost like a, like all those uh, like drive-in classic kind of yeah. movies. Technicolor thriller. Technicolor thriller. Absolutely. Like, just the trailer looks great, and I'm really looking forward to that. I'm glad we got a hold of that. Um, that we just got at the last minute in honor of Valentine's when, Day. When did it come out? It's out like now. Like it's that just looks like a it's a brand, brand new film. Spanking. Yeah, like it just cool. played in Toronto, and we were going to get it maybe in March, and then we had the opportunity to screen it for a little bit on Valentine's Day. So if it does really well, maybe we'll bring it back, but. I think it's a fun Valentine's Day. Oh, it's a great one. You can go to dinner and then come see that at 9 o'clock. The other side of things, if you're looking for something a bit more traditional on Valentine's Day, we're screening Casablanca. Nice. Which awesome. is an amazing movie. Uh, it's, it's um, you know, one of the best films of all time that lives up to the hype. Well, of course. And, and it's it's kind of a simple movie. It's a, a, a guy who owns a bar, an ex-girlfriend comes in, complicated events ensue. <laughs> Get on the plane. Yeah. Don't get on the plane. 
And it, it's it's I love watching a movie like that at the Mayfair, which we don't get to do enough, sadly, because it's just time it's, travel. It's, of course, it's in the perfect environment. Yeah, it's of that time, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really, like in Windows, I think it's it's not quite 1932, but it's it's like is it early 40s? I'm blank. It have to be. Yeah, I think after the war. You're I'm right. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, 19. Yeah. I think it's 1942. So it, it's. Yeah, like, the Mayfair would have been a kid, would have been, like, Absolutely. ten years old when that movie came out. But still, oh, in that yeah. realm and yeah. time period, of course. So, yeah, that's our, that's our, we have two very different Valentine's films. Come see both. I think both are going to be cool. Casablanca and The Love Witch. And the last little mention for this week is our monthly Kids Club screening, where we show a retro kids movie once a month. And this month we're screening Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown. Uh, a rarely seen film. It's 40 years old, so that's just coincidental. Uh, and it's a feature-length Charlie Brown adventure, classical animation. Uh, the the Mayfair story connecting this is when Lee was a kid, he saw this movie double billed with Star Wars at a drive-in. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Which Star Wars? The first one, the like first, like okay. the nineteen seventy seven Star Wars. What an interesting double bill that must have been. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and a lot of times, double bills back then would just. Be, I remember seeing double bills when I was a kid, where it would be. Like, something kind of kid-friendly, like, say, like, you know, The Goonies. But it would just be whatever other Paramount picture or Warner Brothers picture, whatever was out. So I remember being way too young and seeing, like, RoboCop as part <laughs> two of a double bill. And because they were just like, oh, just throw that on there. Of course. And my parents were cool enough to just be like, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. But, but yeah, so this is probably the same thing. They were probably like, oh, well, Star Wars and Charlie Brown cartoon, sure. Might well, as well. It's yeah. a good night out anyways. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that's our kids' club where uh, kids can get a monthly membership for 10 bucks and then get in free to a movie, and grown-ups are welcome at normal ticket prices, and we'll have some prizes to give out thanks to Miss Tiggywinkles at uh, every screening. And we're still working on the next month kids' club. We were trying to get one movie, but it's like Sam and I were talking about distribution before we rolled, and distribution is a weird thing where there was... I won't even say what it is because it'll make people sad, but there was a movie we wanted to screen... And, and for my birthday in March, and the powers that be were like, no, that's not available anymore. We're like, but why? <laughs> I want to watch it. <laughs> so, and the thing with Kids Club is we're trying really hard, but there will be this point where we run out of available kid movies sooner or later because we can't show any Disney movies. Obviously. So that, it's a big chunk of movies that we're just not allowed to show, but there's still a lot of cool ones out there, but I would love if we could screen Great Mouse Detective or Jungle Book or... But, yeah. But we can't. <laughs> but you guys get uh, your your cartoons now and then. Yeah, yeah. We, we And brand new, Disney brand new films are fine. Of course. Like, we just found out, too, that for Family Day weekend, we have their new one, uh, Moana, which is also Oscar-nominated and got a lot of buzz because, what's his name, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda yeah. did the music for it. So this is his first job post-Hamilton. Oh, so cool. after winning a Pulitzer Not Prize and everything for Hamilton, yeah. he's got an Oscar nomination now for this. So Interesting. So, so we're okay with new Disney films, but just the old ones we sadly can't get. And then sadly now, Disney bought Marvel, and Disney bought Star Wars, and Disney bought Muppets. So that's all Disney. those movies gone, too. <laughs> Disney's buying the world. Yeah. Uh. Sooner or later, they're just going to have everything. They're just gonna. They're gonna buy Disney. DC Comics. They're gonna buy everything else. Everything. Yeah, absolutely. In the background, you might hear the clicky clack of my puppy walking around. It's always the fun of doing podcasts on the fly. Is you'll hear dogs or cats or phone ringing or stuff like that in the background. 
But we're cool. We're dog fans. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's about it for this week. Uh, be sure to check out social media for all the Mayfair stuff. We're on Twitter and Facebook and our website. You can check for up-to-date announcements of new screenings. Go visit our friends at House of Targ across the street. Uh, I don't think they're doing something on Valentine's this year because it falls on their day off. But I think they're doing... You guys are doing stuff. We, yeah, we have... Uh, Plug that too, yeah. We're part of... Uh, a burlesque show, Shade Nix's Theatre Mecca, which is happening uh, this Saturday, the 11th, I believe. Yeah. Always a great time at Targ. So this will be, I'll try to get this up online today, so if you guys listen to this podcast before February 11th, go check that out. Uh, thanks to our friends House of Targ for sponsoring the podcast. And you can also get a free audiobook from Audible, and you can find the link for that on the website and go check out, uh, go read, uh, go listen to a book before coming to see a movie of the theme. I think, wait, is Casablanca based on a book? I forget. Oh my, I should know this. I think it is. I have no idea. I bet you there's an audiobook for Casablanca, and if not, I think one of these, couple of these um, Oscar nominees, uh, Fences and 20th Fences, Century obviously. Woman, might have an audiobook on there. So go check that out. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for dropping by, guys. Thank you, Josh. No problem. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Race for your life, Charlie Brown. You can't see it on television, and you won't find it in the comics. The only place you can see this all-new, completely different Charlie Brown adventure is at your local movie theater. It's a rough-and-ready Charlie Brown, outdoing anything you've ever seen him do before. Race for your life, Charlie Brown, only at your local movie theater. Rated G.